this business is all about deals. They're like getting deals, getting deal flow, everything like that. If you can take care of that, if you can get the deals coming in, everything else can take care of itself. You can find the money, you can find someone to partner with you on these deals. Like that's a completely solvable issue. But if you've got a steady, consistent flow of deals coming in, the world will open up for you. Welcome to Turning Profit, a podcast for people that love real estate. Learn the business models and skills that professional real estate investors use to make money and build wealth. Visit turningprofit.com for a wealth of investor resources. And now, here are your hosts, Pete and Heather Reese. Welcome to the Turning Profit Podcast. Heather, it's so great to be here once again. Right when you started, I was shaking my head because you said some sort of like uh, dad joke. Yeah, because I clap before we start. So we can sync up all the cameras and audio and everything. And I said, it's the clapper. That from the 80s. I always wanted one of those. Clap I'm going to get one of those. Okay. Yeah, sure. I feel Go like we can afford the clapper now. So I'm going to get one of those. And uh, we'll just yeah. put it in your office. But you know what? It's funny. Speaking of boring things. Yeah, well, that's right. Great segue, Heather. Thank you. We're talking today about boring direct mail. Mm -hmm. Now, if you don't know what direct mail means, it's simply a term for sending out letters in the mail. And we don't just send out any letters. We send out actual boring offers. letters. Yeah, well, we said they're boring unless you have a property you want to sell and you maybe are interested in selling that. Then, then maybe it isn't so boring. Yeah, it's exciting. It's exciting to me because every letter we mm -hmm. send out is an actual possibility, a potential deal where we can make a great profit. We could kind of... Uh, put together uh, a deal on something like that. And you just never know. You just never know what it's going to produce. So you know, it's like mining for gold. Right. What's funny is that um, I don't ever get the topics before we sit down. And I was thinking about like, really should be talking about like putting all of our eggs in one basket and what basket we kind of are in and broaching this, you know, branching out. Um, and I think it's funny that you ended up, it's like there's some sort of like ESP thing. Cause there it's is. like, yes. cause I was literally thinking about, Direct mail. Mm -hmm. And then I come up here and it's, I look at the cheat sheet and it says direct mail is boring. Yeah. Well, you know, sometimes you get kind of one tracked, especially when you're mm -hmm. starting your business. Really, that's the best way to go. Right. To kind of focus on one method of lead generation that really works. Mm -hmm. Get that to work. And then you could start branching out into other forms. So fine tune it. That's fine that's tune most it. Of, yeah. Because, you know, the thing is that if you start with five different ways, you, there's not enough time to put in that effort on each one. You need to like kind of be niche and then, okay, once this is good, then use that information to go for the next ones, add the next one that works and the next one and the next one. Yeah. yeah. And the next one. I'm still waiting for you to, to door knock on vacant land. Okay. Well, maybe I'll, you know, maybe, you know, you know what I've heard uh, done before, which I thought was pretty funny hmm. is that people will put up, they can't get a hold of oh, a seller. A, yeah. Like, especially with houses, this works. <laughs> They'll go and put up a for sale sign on there with like a like a phone number on there and then they immediately get a call from the person that owns that property oh yeah yeah of course They're like what are you doing you're like oh, i want to buy i'd be so mad <laughs> i'm just that's saying. kind of a one of those gray area techniques. no no there's no gray area that's like don't do that yeah you know and that actually led me to something else that i should be adding to this list so i'll bring it up when it's time okay do you need a a, a pen to write it down so you no, don't forget no that's okay I've, this is like a vault up here heather oh okay Fort Knox. when something goes sure. in here i always remember it mine doesn't if i don't write it down it's gone yeah <laughs> i'm sure you've seen me a couple times where i've been like it's gone do you have anything interesting to add to today's conversation before we get into the no. main event no not really not, not aside from you know it's all this business is all about deals so like getting deals getting deal flow everything like that if you can take care of that if you can get the deals coming in everything else can take care of itself 
You know, you can find the money, you can find someone to partner with you on these deals. Like that's a completely solvable issue. But if you've got a steady, consistent flow of deals coming in, the world will open up for you. Right. And I think at the end, we'll touch on if you do need money. Yeah. Let's let's cover that then. That's probably a big sticking point for people. But the most important thing is like, okay, how do I get the deals? Mm -hmm. Yep. How do you get the deals? And traditionally, or to this point, most of our deals have come from this boring direct mail. Uh, and it's why do you think it's boring? You mean it's just because it's like tried and true and it's not exciting or yeah, what? Yeah, there's no, there's no real tech involved with it. There's no, you know, there's no real thing about direct mail that's exciting or fancy or flashy, anything like that. It just is boring, consistent, and it actually works. Do you know what I like about it? What? It's that, do you know when people were big into the Airbnb thing and then it, um, then local um, governments started doing kind of rules after you already invested, right? And a lot of people were saying, go with the places that already have the rules because then you're not going to get thrown like some, you're not going to set up a whole business where you don't. You know the game. Right. You know, you know the rules of the game. Right, already. exactly. Okay. And I feel like with direct mail, it's kind of the same that there's not as much influx. There's not as much like, like this has been happening since, who knows, since, I mean, Long since time. the creation of mail, mm-hmm. this has kind of been, you know, maybe hundreds of years. I don't know. But you know what I'm saying is that like, this isn't something that's going to be like drastically changing. So it's okay to invest your time and your money in this. You mean they're, they're not going to come up with the do not mail list? I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, maybe they will, but I mean, it's highly Doubtful. unlikely. You know what I mean? Because it's kind of one of those free frauds and the government actually makes money because it subsidizes the, you know, our regular mail with people who are doing these kinds of things. Right. So yeah. I, probably all these marketers are the ones actually covering the cost for people that want to send regular letters. Right, exactly. So I don't see that changing. And because it's not intrusive, you get a letter and you're like, whatever, throw it away for most people. Mm-hmm. Some people, I'm sure you'll get into it. Some people get into, they get a letter and they think that you're like threatening to steal their firstborn child. Mm, yes. You know what I mean? Where No, I don't, I don't need any more kids. Okay. I'll let our children know that. They can watch um, this. They can see. No, okay. no. I love the kids we have. I just but, don't need any more. I know. Well, there I'm you go. with three. Three is good? Okay. Well, good, because I was not planning on... Oh, okay. ...on, what, what's the word, increasing the family, so we're good oh, there. okay. All right. Um, but I think that's the, that's why this is kind of like, it's boring, but it's the safe first step. So, I don't know. We're, and we're it works. To... I mean, it simply works. So, if you're looking for a way to generate motivated seller leads, direct mail, I think it should be at the top of your list. So, last week, if you watched last week's podcast, and if you haven't, uh, you should maybe check that out, because I think it was pretty informational. We're kind of going through ways in which you can generate deals. So last week we covered all the different ways, not all the different ways, but many of the different ways in the as a land investor that you can generate deals that come in. So we went through all of them. Uh, some of these other ways, and I, I did write these out just so I don't forget any. Uh, text blasts, that's, that's a really common way that people have been generating deals in land investing. and um, But that's changing, right? That's changing. Yeah, there's... There's new regulations with text message marketing. There's an A2P, they call it. And that has been uh, really putting, uh, really hampering that outreach method for a lot of investors. And last week, one of the large platforms that, um, you know, kind of is a platform for a lot of these text message marketers, uh, they shut down, they did a a brief pause for Mm -hmm. everyone that had accounts there while they kind of restructure things and make things more compliant. So that type of thing can happen when you kind of uh, delve into new areas. I'm not sure that that's going to go away, but I do think that it will become less and less effective over time because ultimately it's the consumer that drives this. The consumers are kind of fed up with getting those text messages like that. So 
they complained to the carriers, AT&T, T-Mobile, whoever, and then that's when um, that's when the regulations start happening. Right. I think that it'll be like an underground black market. Like there's going to be the the people that don't care about rules mm-hmm. and they're going to do and they're thinking, well, if I get in trouble, what will be the, you know, I don't know. That's not us. I don't right. like to do that. So I, I agree. I don't I don't think it's going away. I think that for the um, broad audience of people that use it it's not going to be as effective right? or it, it's going to morph, right? Right. It, it'll change. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, it'll probably, the result will probably be a higher cost per deal. Cause mm-hmm. that's a big metric we look at. Like how much does it cost in marketing? Cause all these cost money, even if you're not, you know, if you're, if you're just buying properties off the MLS, it costs you, it costs you effort and time and everything like that. And if you're not doing everything yourself, then you have to pay an assistant to do that work for you. But regardless, the big metric that I look at is like, how much does it cost per deal? Mm-hmm. So we've got over time, we've we've uh, dialed in on a number, which is cost, you know, our, our average cost per deal for our direct mail, which I'll get into that later. But, uh, you know, all of these different methods have an average cost per deal. And that will probably increase over time. Right. So it's just a, a numbers thing. And as we're saying, you, you know, you add more, um, more options to your repertoire or whatever you want to call it. It's okay if some of them are more expensive mm-hmm. because it's like, you still wouldn't have gotten those mm-hmm. if you hadn't done it. So it's like, it's where that fine line is. Where's the mix? How much do you want to spend? And how do you want to, you know, delegate that? Yep. And there's advantages and disadvantages to each of these methods. Some mm-hmm. methods are very scalable. Some are not. Right. Uh, some, you know, have, have kind of, uh, you know, you're kind of tapped out when you get to a certain certain reach or whatever. But uh, yeah, so we'll go through some of those things here about direct you mail have, and some of these others. So um, TV ads on here. I think that's exciting. Like yeah. if there's one, I think that that's one I really want to push towards. Um, you you have PPC. Yeah. Pay-per-click. PPC mm-hmm. would be like Google pay-per-click. So if you type in Google um, sell my land fast for cash, then you're going to get some ads that show up, people that um, are paid advertisers. And if you click on one of those ads and that, that person, that investor that did that ad is is going to um, have to pay for that click, but potentially you could become a lead for them to, to purchase their property. Right. And then so. you have social media ads. I like this actually for retargeting, mm-hmm. but you could use that for yeah, it just, just cold out cold, mm-hmm. you know, audiences, but also retargeting. Yes, very very mm-hmm. good. And retargeting simply means that, like, hey, maybe they were a lead that came in from another source. Maybe that someone came and looked at your website. Who knows? But you could then serve them up social media ads, maybe a video talking about your company and what you can do for people and how you could solve their problem. And then that might actually lead them to actually convert into a into an actual deal. I hear people talk all the time. It's like, oh, my God, they're like reading my mind. Like they're following me everywhere. It's like, no, they, you went to their site. They put a cookie on it, then yeah. we, you know, on your computer. And we went back. It's not like we're stalking you and like, oh, my gosh, Joseph's on Facebook. Yeah. Pete, Pete. <laughs> I know. Upload a video. This is so random. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, so. did, I think a lot of people are why so that maybe not though maybe that because that's our world we're always looking at marketing things like maybe people don't realize that that's that's not a coincidence <laughs> no but same thing when you go to another website right and um and all of a sudden you see that the, an ad on the side page for this something you had already gone to or one that really bothers me is you go to like i want to buy a new blanket uh-huh. okay so i go to this one company i'm going to buy this company's blanket and then I get distracted and I go on to Facebook, right? And then on, there's an ad for a different blanket company. For a competitor. Right. So then the Facebook pixel that was on the first one that the people worked hard to get me to, yeah. now I'm going to go buy a competitor. Yeah, that's bullshit. Pardon my French. I mean, that is. Yeah. Facebook is notorious for doing that crap. And I, I, I don't know. 
I think that's your hesitation on doing social media ads. Yeah, because I know how they operate, and they're they're basically taking money from both parties. They're using Mm -hmm. they're using that that initial advertiser, all their efforts and marketing to get that person to their site. Then they're cannibalizing it and, and selling selling that space. Cannibalize you right. must be very angry. I am. It's, it's I it is it's it's crap. Anyhow, and then they basically sell that lead to your competitor. And then normally it takes like three times seeing something. So one of the competitors gets the business, even though the fir- person who paid for the initial ad that got you interested in it. Right. Hey, everyone, just a quick reminder that you can join our community for free at landconquest.com. Inside, you'll get all the resources, training, and support for building a thriving land flipping business. Once again, that's landconquest.com. All right, enjoy the rest of the show. Pete doesn't ever say bad words, so if he says... Uh, oh, yeah, that's a really bad bullshit, word. Bullshit, that's like, he's he's really worked out. Me? Yeah. yeah I'm more free uh, Okay, range. so we got a little bit of tangent. Mm-hmm. Uh, so social media ads, that was the Facebook and Google and, and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. And then cold calling. Cold calling is actually one that we are experimenting with right now. Now, I'm not actually making the calls. Uh, Heather is doing those. Yeah, right. No. You're not even supposed to be talking to me about this. I don't like cold calling. Uh-huh. I don't like text messages. Cold calling has defined rules. I know I know people are going to lump that together with, with text blast. It's the same cold outreach thing. But cold calling has been around for uh, a very, very long time. Doesn't and mean I have to like the, it. There's defined criteria around it. Specifically, in what we're doing in this in this business is we're not trying to sell someone something. We're trying to offer, uh, we're trying to buy something from them. I know, so. and it's weird. It's because it's there's no rules. Well, I mean, there are, but this the rules were not set up for someone wanting to buy something from mm-hmm. you. It's trying to sell you something. It's weird. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing with, with text blasts. I mean, that's how mm-hmm. that's how it was fine to, to do that for so long. It's just that the carriers are now imposing other restrictions, other layers beyond that. So... It's not like it's not like you're trying to sell a piece of land when you do a text blast. You're you're trying to buy something from them. Anyhow, I, I'm I'm interested in seeing the results. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. that's that'll be interesting. Yeah. So basically, in our, in our case, we hired a company that that's what they do. They do cold calling services for other companies. So yeah, we're going to see how it goes, and I will report back on the results. And there's skip tracing elements too, right? Yeah, exactly. Basically, we send them a regular list like we would generate for direct mail. And what they do is then they they take that list and they skip trace it, meaning that they send that to a data warehouse provider or whatever that then matches up those records with phone numbers. Now, some of those phone numbers are probably good. Some of them are bad. Mm -hmm. They might have three or four phone numbers per file. The cold calling company, they dial through all those and hopefully connect with the right person. So that's that's another expense of cold calling is, is getting that that those phone numbers put on that list. But you can be pretty targeted, you know, just like you uh, came with direct mail, you can be very targeted with that. So. And then you have ringless voicemails. Yeah, ringless voicemails, that's kind of a gray area as well, but I know some investors are doing that. Basically, you probably receive these type of calls, you're like, oh, I got a voicemail, the phone didn't even ring. And then you listen to the voicemail and it's someone trying to sell you something mm-hmm. or a service or something like that. That's called a ringless voicemail. It's a technology thing where obviously it doesn't even ring your phone it just goes right to your voicemail, and uh, some investors are doing that. But there's there's some things with that that you have to be really pay attention to the regulations and make sure you're doing it right. You know, it's funny is that I'm more okay with that than text are or cold calling. Okay. Go oh, figure. Okay. I know. Okay, and then you have classified ads. Yeah, classified ads. That's that's simply a matter of you know. Uh, it could be Craigslist. Mm-hmm. It could be putting it in your local newspaper, like we buy land type of thing. It could be very generic like that. But I know that those types of things. Uh, 
probably do work. I don't know what the return on those types of advertisements are, but uh, but those types of things over time have traditionally worked. You know, newspapers, lots of people are going away from, from reading those, but they're still online type classified sites where you could probably, I bet you could probably build a, re- a business around doing classified ads everywhere. Yeah, you should also include just print ads in mm-hmm. that. It's not just in the classified section. Yes, that's saying. true. We've done magazines before. I, I think you actually sold a house one time by placing an ad in like a different newspaper. It was like a San Diego house. And I think you placed it in LA just because you realized there were a lot of people coming. Oh, yes. To, I can't remember the, the house anymore. But yeah, so I think that you, you shouldn't discount that necessarily. There are some print ads that it would make sense, especially maybe we should be looking into it. Like um, in San Diego, a lot of the different communities have their own newspapers and a lot of people still read those. They get mm-hmm. delivered to every newspaper. I mean, every mailbox. And the, sometimes these, the land isn't for somebody actually looking for land. Like you might buy a buyer, find a buyer that's not directly kind of like a cold, cold sell. Okay. Cold outreach. um, And then billboards. I think this is pretty cool too, actually. Mm -hmm. I think we should explore that. Yeah. Yeah. Billboards. Your face on the side of the. Pete buys land. Uh huh. Pete buys land. Pete's face on the, on a billboard on like. I would do it just for my ego to make me feel good. Like, hey mom, look, I'm on a, I made Uh, it on a billboard. Of course I had to pay all this money for it. It doesn't work, but you know. What about the wanted one? Uh, The wanted, well, let's not talk about that. No, I think it would be interesting. Editor, cut that out. No, yeah, yeah. No, I think that would be interesting to try because I don't know that it wouldn't work. Uh In certain areas. It probably would. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you, if someone's driving by enough times and be like, I buy land. Do you have unwanted land? Mm -hmm. Do you want cash for your land? I'll buy it. I'll buy it. You know? And people will be like, oh, whatever. And I'm like, oh, wait, I do have that piece of land. And then drive by another day. Okay, fine. I'm just going to ask them how much it's worth. And if you had a form that they could fill out where they're not calling you. Yeah. I don't know. Anyways, we should do it. Might work. And then you said MLS listed expired deals. Yeah, yeah. And you skipped one too, but, and I've got another one to add to this. But MLS or uh, listed or expired deals, meaning you can actually look on the market for for land that's out there. Right. Land that may be overpriced, land that is not marketed properly, and write low offers on those at a price mm-hmm. that would make sense for you to, for it to be an actual deal. And I know you could put deals together that way. I did it before with homes. That was the know, only way we got yeah, those deals. I was finding lots of deals online. You have to be aggressive with your offers. You have to, you know, it's a numbers game. You're mm-hmm. not going to get every deal. Uh, you may get one in 10. You may get one in 20. Who knows? But the thing that's cool about that is the more offers you write, the better... Uh, chance of, of putting a deal together. Um, so. And the secret to that was that you had strict criteria. You were like, okay, I'm looking for one that's vacant. I'm mm-hmm. looking for one. Like there were certain things you were looking for. I could feel it. After a while, I could uh-huh. feel which one. Like, oh, this one. For. Right. And yeah. the same thing could be said for the land. You could mm-hmm. see like probably land would be like listed too long or too high or right. bring all offers. Yeah. Like, I love that. The, like, yeah. And the marketing might be really poor. Like, mm-hmm. 12 acres of land and so or so like that. That's the whole description. Right. <laughs> one, one or two pictures. I mean, obviously that agent doesn't want to sell that property or just, you know, who listing knows. it as a, as a whatever. But I mean, we've bought other things outside of land that were improperly listed, mm-hmm. like single family, which was actually multifamily. And it yeah. said in there multifamily. I'm like, why didn't they just put it under multifamily? You know? Yeah. Not paying attention to details. That's why. And the agent just doesn't care. Right. Exactly. And so that's cool. buying from wholesalers, right. that's another thing. So you that. could, you could be someone that just buys from people that goes direct to the sellers to get these deals. They could drum up deals from all these different ways and then they sell them to you wholesale. Basically, they assign the contract to you. So there's still profit in it for you. Profit in it. They make a little bit of profit. They don't have to close the deal. They just assign you the contract. 
both parties ma- and make And some money. people just love finding deals. Mm-hmm. It's like the thrill of the kill. They love that. What is it called? Bird dogging? I mean, bird dogging, I think, is is not really wholesaling. But bird dogging is just kind of like, hey, I saw this house around the corner. You should go put an offer on Oh, yeah. On. Like, they just kind of give yeah, you. Yeah, give me, give me 500 bucks if you close this deal. You know, like that's kind of bird dogging. And it's a... And it's illegal in some areas, so most areas, yeah, right now, yeah, um, depending on the regulations. But anyhow, because they're acting as like a real estate agent or something without a license, know. yeah, without yeah. a license. Anyhow, and then one more to add to mm-hmm. the list that is used to be and is still happens in some areas: okay. bandit signs. Bandit signs. Yeah, okay. and if you're familiar with those, those are the signs you see up in the telephone pole that uh-huh. say "We buy." Homes, cash. Right. You know, and this would be We Buy Land. Bandit signs. So, How did that get named? But yeah. I don't know. You could do that, right? Yeah. Or- and you write it in a, with an ugly marker on there. So it just looks like it's kind of like, I don't know. I, for those those types of things have worked for a lot of investors over time. And do I don't you- know if they still work. But. Yeah, I know. Because that was in like the early 2000s. That was like, we mm-hmm. buy house, we buy ugly houses, all this kind right. of stuff. We should do We Buy Haunted Land. Okay. Cemeteries. No, I'm cool without doing that. Uh, okay. Okay. There's lots of ways to de- why why did you start with direct mail? Well, the the training program that there the course that I bought when mm-hmm. I first got into this, that's that's how they got all their deals. So, okay. that's how I got my introduction to it. I knew it worked. I knew and then I started realizing that a lot of other investors were doing the same thing. They were sending out letters and they were getting deals. Mm-hmm. So, to me, it really appealed to me because it's very simple. You know, like you draft the letter one time and obviously, you'll probably tweak that over time. But you draft the letter one time, and then you just change the list each time, and you're sending this out like clockwork. And uh, you want more deals? Send out more mail. You know, uh, just very simple, really. So it just made sense in your brain. Yes. Your brain was like, this works. I can duplicate it. it there's not going to be a lot of effort in the duplication part of it, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to spend your time more looking for areas as opposed to rewriting your lead letter right okay so it just made sense in your brain you're like we're gonna do this yep did you did you consider any other ones as your initial one instead of that or were you like this no no i mean that was it like i saw people doing it it worked so i would thought to myself well why reinvent the wheel i'm just Mm -hmm. gonna go with this and and see how well it works i knew it worked Mm -hmm. like but how well did it work like how much would i have to spend in order to get one deal and how much would i make on each deal Okay. And I'm sure people are probably thinking like they'd like to see this letter. So just a real quick. Oh, yeah. If you want to get the letter, we actually give it away for free. That is in our Land Conquest community and it's specifically in our Land Conquest training program within the community. So basically, all you got to do, go to landconquest.com, mm-hmm. press any of the orange buttons on there. That will allow you to join our community for free. And then in once you're in our community... You just hit the classroom tab, and then you'll see the Land Conquest training program. The letter is in there, and uh, many other resources are in there as well, but but you can get that exact letter. I mean, I would probably tweak it a little bit to fit your style or whatever, but uh, but it's our exact letter that we send out. Okay. So now let's get into the advantages of direct mail. Yeah, so direct mail. Here's some, re- some of the reasons why I really like it, some of the advantages of direct mail. Now, first of all, you can cre- curate an exact list of who you want. So... In this method, you're basically putting together a list. You can get very detailed. You could say, okay, I want properties between 10 and 15 acres in this zip code with owners that live outside of the area that have owned the property for over 10 years and and all kinds of different things like that. So you can do infinite amount of criteria to to whittle this list down as far as you want it. So 
there's kind of a fine line. You know, you, you don't want to go too far on that because then you won't have any letters to send out to people, right. uh, offers to send out to people. But uh, but you can make it as refined as you want to make it. So you can get very specific on that. Now, the other thing I like about it is it reaches a demographic that's kind of always taken it seriously and male it, seriously, taken male seriously, mm-hmm. and uh, are probably most of the owners that would be interested in selling anyhow. Mm-hmm. And that demographic this is an older demographic. It's people that have, you know, many of these people don't have email. They have no desire to have email. You know, obviously the internet started becoming, um, you know, really popular in the 2000s. And at that stage of the game, they, you know, they may not, just not have been interested. They may not, they may not even have a cell phone in some cases. So uh, a lot of these people, it's just not, they're not interested in the technology. So if you you could text blast all you want, you're never going to reach those people. Mm -hmm. And also they're the ones that are more likely to be like, I've got this land. Maybe they've even tried to sell it and no agent in the area wanted to pick it up. I've owned this thing for 40 years and I've never done anything with it. And I'd rather just get cash. I'm tired of paying the property taxes and just just move on. Mm -hmm. You know, that's a lot of, you know, the type of... uh, seller anyhow. So getting getting direct mail into their hands is is very effective. So that's another reason why TV ads can be pretty effective because they're actually still watching a lot of these TV programs mm-hmm. where, where your TV ads may run. And when you think about it, you're reaching people, you know, if we did add on social or anything like that, we're reaching different people in different areas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because there's not one specific like generation that are selling their land. Right. You know, like it, it would be incorrect to say it's just this generation or just this generation. It's about reaching them where they are. So the more that we kind of absorb different areas, the more we can reach them. But this one is just tried and true because people who read their mail respond to their mail. Right. You know what I mean? Like right. a lot of people have kind of pushed away from that and don't even look at their mail. Yeah. And and that uh, I should clarify, too, because there's there's a lot of people in, in that demographic that actually do have cell phones and Internet right. and all that kind of stuff, uh-huh. too. But but I, I'm just kind of making a generalization. Right. About who you can reach doing mm-hmm. this. Yeah. More so than than that. Um, but the most important part is that it can be systematized and repeated. Yeah. Systemized and repeatable. So, mm-hmm. you know, you can basically establish a criteria like I'm going to send out 10,000 letters a month. You could send out. 5,000 on the first of the month, 5,000 on the 15th of the month, and just keep that very repeatable every month. So your your deal flow and your lead flow will be as consistent as possible. You know, sometimes if you put advertisements out there, say you've got, you know, TV ads running, or you've got, who knows, you've classified ads, any of those types of things, they're kind of, um, it's, it's less, it's probably going to be a little bit more volatile as far as, you know, the lead flow that comes in. It's just kind of random, you know, just depending on when people see that. But mm-hmm. But you know, when you send out these letters, they're going to get those letters, you know, within a certain time frame, and that's when the activity is going to happen. You also put expiration dates on your offers in there, so you get a flurry of phone calls before that expiration date as well. So pretty, pretty repeatable process, which is very interesting to me. And then so, let's quickly talk about the disadvantages. Yeah, so uh, direct mail does cost money. So, and uh, that's one of the biggest, you know, one of that one of the biggest hurdles, especially as a new investor, is. You've got to invest money and you got to be willing to wait before that actually mm-hmm. produces a return. You know, you could get into cold calling, you could you could do, you know, MLS listed properties, you could do all these types of things to get deals that are, you know, no actual outlay of money out of your pocket, obviously time, but direct mail, you're actually gonna to have to spend money in order to get money back. Now, from the time that we send the mail, a lot of times it could be two, three, four months before we see any sort of revenue off of that, meaning 
It takes a while to close a deal when, when someone responds. Mm-hmm. And then it takes a while to market a deal and it takes a, a while to actually close that resale transaction. So there's just a timeline before you actually get money. You receive money from that. So you got to be willing to weather that storm. I and guess. that's why it's so important to do that where you have that, you know, you send it on the first, you send it on the 15th, whatever, because then it keeps everything kind of steady. Because once theoretically and hopefully once you get that first one, it's like kind of, yep. they I want to say on clockwork, each other. but yeah. not really. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then it does have a higher cost per deal than other methods. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I've, I've heard of people, you know, we don't do text blasting or anything like that, but I've heard of people, you know, getting $1,000 per deal, mm-hmm. you know, like that's their cost per deal. I wonder though, if, if that's like a $5,000 deal, like to me, it doesn't, I don't work in the cost, the number like that. I think of more of what's the percentage to the prop, you know what I mean? Yes, exactly. So yeah. it's like, oh yeah, you spent you spent a thousand dollars, but it, you made four thousand. Like, whereas, right. okay, you spent three thousand, but you made seventy five. You're right, Heather. There's a lot of variables there, and we're actually going to go into that. Are a little we? Bit. Yeah. So keep hanging in there, and we are going to uh, get into how much it costs per deal. That's for funny. Us. So I guess maybe I should be like reading ahead your notes. To maybe see what I say. Okay, so yeah. we talked about. The advantages and the disadvantages. Now we need to talk about the letter. What exactly is this letter yeah. that we send out? Yeah, we send out a, v- a very basic letter, and this is a lot of investors send out a similar type of thing. So basically what we do is a two-page letter, mm-hmm. and its uh, first page is why we're reaching out to them, what we could do for them, who we are, that kind of stuff. And it lets them know on page two that there's an actual purchase agreement for them to review for their piece of land. Do we actually use that as the purchase agreement? Yes, Mm-hmm. Like we don't rewrite anything or. No, I mean, sometimes we'll customize some things depending mm-hmm. on the situation and people want to add in some terms or things like that. So we'll do that. But it's the same thing that we use. as a, It's a one page purchase agreement. It's very basic and it's not this the state specific contract for any particular thing. So, you know, there's people, there's advantages and disadvantages of that, but Well, the big issue is that a lot of people who have bought a house have seen those contracts and they're like Yeah, you know yeah, what 50 I mean? pages long, yeah. Right. And so I I wonder if that kind of worries people like I can't fill that out. Like I mm-hmm. don't want to do that. And it, and you don't need that necessarily. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, we've we've had very little pushback over over the years that we've been doing this about the purchase agreement. It's simple. It, it outlines a term, uh, you know, it's information about their property. It's the purchase price, the offer price that mm-hmm. we offer on that. It's got basic terms of the deal and then both parties sign it. So it's it's really all you need in order to get a con- uh, an escrow or, or uh, you know, title mm-hmm. open for, for a particular property. Yeah. And I want to point out too, land's very different than houses. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, you're, yes. you're, it's not nearly the level of like disclosure and and all of that stuff. That so, if you're used to buying houses, don't let that worry you. Yeah, you you can handle this. Land is much simpler in many ways, mm-hmm. and this is just one of them. So, so on that letter, yeah, that first page, who we are, why we're contacting them, what we can do for them. Second page is the actual purchase agreement with mm-hmm. the basic terms of the deal, and we instruct them to like, hey, if they're interested, either sign it and send it back, sign it and email it back, text back, anything like that, or give us a call. Are you looking to scale your land flipping business quickly? Well, we're happy to present our new cutting edge system built specifically for land flippers. Take a look at the Land Conquest business system today and you'll gain full access to a customizable pre-made website, CRM, dedicated phone numbers, text automations, 24-7 support, and more. It's basically a business in the box. Go to software.landconquest.com to learn more. Pitching carrier, yeah, it. exactly. Um, or Texas back, you know, any of these types of things. Basically, open up a line. We, we sent out the first thing. Get back to us in one way or another. 
and then we'll we'll talk about it. And you know, sometimes that offer the offer prices that we put on there are based off of averages for a particular area, mm-hmm. and it's a, it's obviously a price that would hopefully make sense for us. You know, it's not we're not sending out retail offer prices or anything like that. And depending on the area and how hot the market is there and all kinds of different things like that, you know, we we come up with an offer price that that we think would make sense. But with land, each property is pretty much different. So it's kind of a starting point because a lot of times we'll get, you know, a response back and the seller's like, hey, you didn't know that this is, you know, this special, special property for this special, special reason. And we might look at it and say, oh, yeah, they're right. It's, it is a great property. We could pay more for it. Here's what we could do. Mm-hmm. And then you see if you could put a deal together. Uh, but anyhow, about, it gets conversation going. Right. That's exactly what you want to do. You just want them to start. If, if they have even an inkling of wanting to sell, you want to open the conversation. And the other thing I want to point out, too, is that, you know, let's say I don't like tech messaging. Okay. That doesn't mean that a seller doesn't. Right. So you want to have all those options. You talked about it. Email, call, text me, email, fax me. I right. mean, like. And some people want to fax still, yes. Right, but I mean, it's important. It's not about you, it's about them. Make it as easy as possible. Take that, the resistance out the of friction. that. The friction. The friction, thank you. Okay, so there's other, so we do a, what do, what do you call it? Our direct offer? What, what do you call that? A Direct mail? No, what? the actual letter. Like, you know, there's neutral. Oh, there's, yes, yes. We send out an offer letter. So it's basically, you know, it's got a price on there and it's it's very direct, obviously. Mm-hmm. And, and obviously it's a price that, some sellers may look at it and say, oh, wait, that's way too low and throw it mm-hmm. out. But there's also uh, other types of letters that you could send out. Uh, there is the neutral letter. Mm-hmm. And so that's what they call it, which is basically a, a format of like, hey, we want to buy your land. Give me a call. Let's see what we can work out. Mm-hmm. So on those types of letters, you're going to get a higher response rate. Now, are you going to be talking to people that actually want uh, that are actually good leads or are you going to be talking to people that actually want to get retail pricing for their properties? Uh, there's a lot of debate about that, and we've always sent out the actual offer letters. But I know other investors, they send out this neutral letter, which is basically, hey, I want to buy your land. Give me a call. Mm-hmm. That's that's the gist of it. And then they uh, they may be really good at talking to people on the phone, building rapport, and then working on the deal that way. But that's another method that some people use. Also, uh, I've heard of investors doing what they call range letter. Like, hey, I want to buy your property you know, based off of the average in this county. You know, I could offer you anywhere between $10,000 and $30,000. Give me a call to discuss your property. You know, so it's kind of a range type thing and it leaves the door open like, okay, where am I going to be in this range? And it gets the discussion open. Mm -hmm. So uh, so that's another method you could use. Another form of direct mail is postcards. Mm -hmm. And there's all kinds of variations on postcards. You could actually do an offer letter on a postcard. You could do kind of a neutral letter or a range letter type thing on a postcard. You could put images of their property on the postcard. You could do all kinds of different things, crazy graphics. You can make it very simple. So there's a lot of variables to tweak there. Are postcards a lot cheaper than? Uh, not a lot. You know, I think our our mail costs us about 50, postage just went up. So I think it's about 55 cents a letter or something like that that we send. Postcards. I think that uh, last I checked, they were like 45 cents or 48 cents, depending how big of a postcard you want as well. Right. And they're standard and first class on those as well, I think. Something else I don't, we, I haven't asked is, do we send follow-up letters? Do we mail the same people multiple times? Yeah. And does that increase the success? Yes. A lot. Yeah. How many times do you normally mail someone? Well, the, the areas that I like where we've had success in, we've bought and sold a lot of properties and I have good agents and you know good teams that we're working with in those areas. I generally send them out every three months to the re- those same counties and things. To the same people? The same people. 
Like, hey, yeah. I still want to buy this. Hey, yeah. I still it's buy a lot this. of the, a lot of this is about timing. Uh huh. I might have sent a, le- a letter a year a year ago, and they might have just ripped it up and threw it in the trash. But now something has come up in their life, a life changing event in some way, where they're looking at it and saying, okay. I actually want to sell now. Mm-hmm. I've changed my mind. Yeah, the life-changing event could be that they just had to pay taxes. Yeah, they had to pay taxes. <laughs> and they're like, or F this property. Kid needs braces or, yeah. you know, who knows? Right. Um, so there's all kinds of scenarios that come up. And a lot of it's about timing. When mm-hmm. do they get it in their hand? You know, and other investors may be sending them letters too. And maybe they opt to go with another investor just because it reaches them at the right time. Right. Or they lost the letter. Or they lost my letter, yeah. I can see that. Okay, so who do we use to do all this? Because you said, I'm not writing the letters, you're not writing the letters. Our kids are not writing the letters. stamps on them, the kids stuff the envelopes. Uh Paper cuts everywhere. I lick the envelopes. We just invest in medical grade uh, Band-Aids and stuff. Yeah, we send out a lot of letters. So it would be very, very difficult for us to actually do all this Mm -hmm. ourselves. And we probably couldn't even do it as cheap as they can because they've got all the equipment. They've, they've got the standard and bulk rate mail, you know, postage stuff that they can send out, and they, they have it all dialed in. So mm-hmm. we use a company called Rocket Print and Mail, and we actually have a special deal with them. If you are interested in, in doing direct mail, I would highly suggest going with them because I've, I've tried numerous other places. Yeah, They're very efficient, and they have the best pricing I've found. But mm-hmm. anyhow, if you're interested in getting that special deal, uh, we've got a, we've got a uh, page set up. It's called resources.landconquest.com. So resources.landconquest.com. And I think I think uh, Rocket Print and Mail is like one of the top links up there. So if you just click through there, you'll get the special deal for all of our student, students and stuff I like that. I like that you have a resources page. Does it have right. other resources too? Yes. Special deals? Yeah, it's all of, all of our stuff that we recommend for that nice. type of thing. So. Okay. So to scale this business, you need a systematized and repeatable approach. I cut off what you wrote. Direct yes. Mail allows you to do that. Yes. Did I cover that? Uh, I guess. Is that all I had written down here? Oh, yeah, it was No, we've got to go into... Oh, no, know. I have this, but yes. for that one section. Yeah, I mean, you that's why I love all, it. You like Rocket... Rocket Print and Mail. Uh-huh. You know, the thing is that it allows... We just send them... They set up our letter, mm-hmm. you know, so... And then we just send them a new list. So you, know, you, send. you send them your letter, your offer letter, mm-hmm. and you send them your contract. Mm-hmm. I like a copy of that. And then you send them a list of people. Here's what we want to target. Right. And then they do everything from yeah, there. Yeah, they merge it all together. They, you know, so basically you're doing a spreadsheet with like, uh, these are all the property records and you have a pr- uh, offer price for each of them. They merge it all together in the in the letter and the offer and then send it all And out. we have a resource for getting that information, the property information oh, yeah, too, yeah, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, so, okay, so, and that's on that page too. You know, mm-hmm. I use PropStream a lot for that and some others. So, and then just to go back even another step behind that, and we have a whole course training program. Sorry, yes, that teaches you all these steps. So it's not like you're just like thrown out there. It's a step by step by step by step system oh, yeah. that is available at no cost. Yeah, it's completely I'll show free. You how to do it, you know. And we do that because we'll make money on, on in other ways. If you're successful, we'll be successful. Yep. And if you don't even take us up on any of those things, it's fine. Now you've been successful and send us a letter. One of the ways that we actually uh, benefit, you mm-hmm. know, if our students are getting deals, we'll benefit as well in a lot of cases because we have a program called Partner with Pete. Which is also your social media handles. Yes. At Partner with Pete. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, basically go to partnerwithpete.com. If you've got a deal, you got it under contract, you know, you signed it, the seller signed it, you submit that deal on that website, partnerwithpete.com. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll look at the deal myself and I'll say, okay, this is a deal. I'll confirm, okay, this is a deal. I will fund that deal, meaning that I'll actually send the money to close that deal. You don't have to come up with any of the money to actually buy that property. We're going to partner on it. So basically, um, I send the money to close it. 
uh, plug it into all of our team processes and everything. We pay for a photographer to go out there. If we need a survey, we pay for that. We, you know, any of this other stuff, we pay for all that stuff. Also, if it doesn't end up closing, we still pay. We don't come back to you for that money. Oh yeah, I'm no, sure that's... people are wondering, like, well, if you put all this money and it doesn't end up closing because that happens, yep. it's just an expense that we've yeah, absorbed. Exactly. Okay, go yeah, on. It's an expense for us. There's no downside to the investor. So basically what happens is after we go through the whole process, we resell the property. And we've got the system down by now, believe me. Mm-hmm. Then uh, we split the profits 50-50. So as the investor, you just bring the deal. We handle everything else from there. And we split the profits 50-50. Yeah. I think it's a win-win. Yeah. You know, I talked about how some whole, like wholesalers, were, some people just like the thrill of the kill kind of thing, like right. finding the deals. Well, I hate that term, by the way. I need, mm-hmm. need you to tell me a new one. Okay. But this is the same kind of thing. If you're like, if that's kind of more your thing, but you want to make more than a wholesaler's this would be perfect for that. Yes, definitely. You yeah, know, because you, you're going to you participate make... in all the upside. And right. You've got no downside. I think it's pretty cool. Right. Instead of taking a small little stipend, you're going to be getting a big chunk of the deal. Right. Okay. So that's kind of who it is. Or if you're just someone who's getting started and your partner's like, yeah, you need to prove it to me before you go and put all our money into it, this would be perfect. Yeah. Or if you're just someone who doesn't want to deal with the back end stuff. Yeah, which is a lot. I mean, there's mm-hmm. a lot that goes into that. We've set up a whole team. Got a big staff right now that kind of manages every part of the process. So, yes, you can do every part of that yourself. And I started doing every part of that myself before I started getting a team and it's uh, not put together. Sustainable, by the way, at no, any no, level. You, you get to a certain level and you you got to bring on help because mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff. If you're doing it right, you know, if you're not researching these properties and you're just rolling the dice and hoping it's mm-hmm. great, uh, you know, it's a lot easier. But and then know. the other person this is for is somebody who just doesn't have the funds to, to do the deals. They have yeah. enough to send the mail or to cold call or whatever they do. This yeah. is perfect for them. So it, it, it's not just people who, who need the money necessarily. That's kind of actually the lower. Right. I mean, really, when you think people. about it, you can just invest your money in more marketing and more deals and you're probably going to make out better. Um, we had we had a recent partner with Pete deal that closed last week where our investor partner made $185,000. Right, out of just their mailing costs. They got the contract lined up and they, you know, mm-hmm. I was very happy for them to bring the deal. It's a great deal, but that's that could be life-changing money when you get stuff like that. And, and that was just one deal. And mm-hmm. how quick was the buy to the sell? Uh, you know, I have to calculate it exactly, but it was only like 30 days or something like that. Right. It, it was shockingly quick for me. Mhm. But I don't remember the exact amount, but right. I remember when I was entering everything and I was like, wait a minute, like, what? Yeah, yeah. I mean, this it was this expensive property. So, mm-hmm. you know, we had to we had to put all that together, but it was $450,000 to buy the property and end up selling for, you know, quite a bit more than that, more than double that. Right, so. yeah. And then on the flip side, I always forget to mention too that... Um, that there's a lot of people who are like I have the money I don't want to do any of I don't want to do any of this right what do you have for them there's a, we have a, a program like for private lenders if you're looking to kind of mm-hmm. put some of your extra funds to use mm-hmm. in these you know deeply discounted land properties that we're buying uh, we've got a program for that just go to lender.turningprofit.com see all the details of what we can offer on that okay so, so um, I've got a few more things I want to cover on this and then I want to get into questions yes okay so the next thing is I kind of uh, jumped ahead in the the cost per deal oh yeah so we've been averaging about uh, lately it's been about thirty five hundred dollars per deal in mail costs so thirty five hundred dollars in costs in in mail to get one deal. And I used to freak out when you first told me that. I was like, oh my God, 3500 yeah. But now I understand because yeah. it seems like that's a lot of money, but it's not if you can 
if you think of it this way, if I invest thirty five hundred dollars and and I can make back thirty thousand dollars, or how about one hundred eighty five thousand? Or one hundred eighty five thousand dollars, right? I know. Yeah, who wouldn't do that? Our average profit per deal, averaged over all of our deals this mm-hmm. year, has been twenty six thousand dollars per deal. And I mean, it's it's and the way that I like it is because I'm I'm a little more risk adverse than you and probably ninety nine point nine percent of the population is that it's backed by real estate. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's not foolproof, like. I know you keep telling me I'm going to have a loss one day. I'm going to have a loss one day. I don't know. You're setting me up for it. You haven't yet, but it, it could happen, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're, you know, but the the reality is it is backed by by something of value, That's real right. estate. Yeah, we're buying deeply discounted properties. Mm-hmm. We're only buying what we consider to be good properties. And uh, yeah, so. Okay, now what if you bulk at that and you're like 3,500, like other ways to get that down? Oh yeah, there's definitely ways to get that down. So, you know, it's a balancing act when you're putting together your list. First of all, we like certain areas. So we we don't filter, you know, certain areas we really like. We don't really filter those lists down a lot. We don't exclude a lot of properties that, that other investors might. So there's probably some waste there. But, you know, maybe, you know, I look at it a different way. Like I, I look at it as opportunity loss because if you trim your list down too far and you miss one good deal, say you miss that, maybe you trim down your list little too far and you missed that property where you would have made $185,000. Like how, how much, much does that it, cost you? Well, how much is each mailer? Like the whole, like if you were to take every single piece of mail, what is the all in cost of that? Well, it costs about 55 cents a letter. Like what but do you like, mean? Like the printing, the getting the record, like what do you think the actual? Uh, about 55 cents. Total. Yeah. Uh-huh. For everything. Yeah. For the data. Postage, for everything. Postage, for, uh, the actual letter, everything. Yeah. So if you look at it that way, like, okay, you know, you you saved 55 cents if you cut it off, but you're right. You could have lost 155,000. 185,000. 185, sorry. I don't need yes. to. I know. Very, very proud of his 80, 185,000. But um, the other thing that I think about too, I don't Is, this. Well, I, you think about a lot of stuff, Heather. But, I know. I know. Go ahead and cut, but, cut but that really, out because so, I lost you know, it. You could get very refined and maybe as you're starting and oh. you don't have a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. You can get pretty refined on your list. You could target out of area owners. You could target tax delinquent people. You could certain acreage ranges, any of this kind of stuff. And then, you know, maybe as you get that dialed in, you start learning what you're doing and everything, then maybe you can broaden your criteria as you get more cash flow coming in. You know, so if I look at just the numbers like, hey, we're, it's costing us $3,500 per deal, but we're making $26,000, we are making seven to eight times our money on each dollar. That I remembered spend. it now. I, I look at it as that we have more money than time. Mm-hmm. Okay. That, I, know, I know that sounds weird because it's not like, you know, uh-huh. like gazillionaires, but it doesn't make sense at this point for you to be whittling that down. The cost per year time, does that doesn't make sense. Yeah. And the other thing too, is that even if we send it to somebody who owns a piece of land and they're like, absolutely not, no way, they might have a different one that they want to sell. So even though we're not targeting like that specific one, I'm sure that happens or mm-hmm. they tell somebody. Yes. So my 55 cents might've actually got me not that deal, but a different deal. So, and it happens all the time. Right. So that just makes sense. Yeah. So it's just, but if you're if you have more time than money right now to invest in this, then maybe it does make sense to be more specific because there's riches and niches, but just understand that you might want to expand on that at yeah. some point. And a couple quick things. Mm-hmm. Uh, another way to get these down is if you're going going after smaller deals. I mean, at this point, we're trying to go after bigger deals. So we're making an average of $26,000 profit per deal. If we were buying $2,000 properties, we're not going to be making generally $26,000 per deal. Do you have a great deal under contract? We'll submit it to partnerwithpete.com. The Partner with Pete program is a deal funding program where we will actually 
Use our funds to complete the purchase of the property. We will do every other step of the process, including the due diligence, the transaction side, the marketing side, and the transaction on the resale side. And when all the dust settles, we will split the profits 50-50. There is no downside for you as an investor, only upside. So once again, go to partnerwithpete.com, submit your deal there, and let's get it funded. So on average, so if you are someone that wants to start a little smaller and focusing on smaller properties, you're going to have a better cost per deal than what we do for sure. You know, if you're you know, targeting smaller properties and things like that, you're going to have a lot better reaction. So, and then also less popular areas. If you're mailing into the very busy areas, you're going to have more mm-hmm. competition to deal with. They're easier to sell once you get them, but they're you know, harder maybe to get that deal. So if you go into the kind of less popular areas that you think still have a lot of potential where you can sell stuff, uh, that may be where some of those opportunities lie. The other thing I thought that we didn't include is that when we send them, we do it bulk mail or what? what is yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, standard mail. Standard mail yeah, versus yeah. first class. First class is more expensive. It gets there quicker. You get uh, undeliverable mail returned. and uh, Forwarding too, I think, right? Uh, maybe forwarding as well. Maybe, yeah. I don't, yeah. don't quote me on that. So that might make sense. Like you might need to think outside the box in the really like popular areas to get the deal. Yeah. I don't know if I do first class because you can, you won't be able to send out as nearly as many letters. So that's right. my, always my theory. Right. So, okay. Um, are you ready to get into some questions? Yeah. Oh, one quick thing okay. before, before uh-huh. we end on direct mail. Will direct mail stop working? If so, when? I but, kind of alluded to that mm-hmm, earlier. You did? Okay. I don't think it'll, it'll stop working in the near future. Right. Because you know. I think that the, I think that people always open their mail because mm-hmm. that's like a real official stuff. Like even if I think it might be junk, I'm still going to open it just to be safe because like, what's the harm? It's not going to like, I'm not going to get a virus. Yeah. And maybe every, everything in the future, maybe everything in the future will be digital and they'll actually get r- rid of physical mail. But then there will maybe be some sort of uh, certified mail that you can pay for that will actually get into people's email boxes. Right, and they're going to open official it. Official email boxes yeah. where they're going to open it. I get that. So I, I get the one where like it like I get the preview that it's coming, informed something or other from U.S. Postal Service, but it's not quite there. Mm-hmm. For right now, it's working. Mm-hmm. In the foreseeable future, it's not going to stop working. So no. what are you waiting for? Just okay. to send out some of that mail. Well, everyone considers that the most secure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't really think it is, but whatever. Um, okay, so Marianne says, slow learners. Okay, I, these are from our community before yes. I jump in here. <laughs> yes, these are from our Land Conquest mm-hmm. community. We've cherry-picked four separate questions, which I thought were pretty interesting. And maybe you'll think they're interesting, too. I never know until I read these, so it, sometimes it is a surprise. Okay, so Mary Ann. Mary, Mary and Mary Ann. and Ann. I know yes. that. Yes. I know that. I have to correct okay. myself. It's two okay. separate people, but they are partners, and they use this. They're sisters. Yep. Sisters, sorry. Mm-hmm. Well, they're partners in this. Right. And, sis- yeah, and sisters. Yeah, and partners in their business. Yeah. Okay. Flow learners, wait. Until receiving the all clear from title before investing or even scheduling any work on the property. Okay, she's saying wait until you get that. Right. Okay. By typing these words, I hope they are carved into my brain <laughs> for more. Okay. This year we have been very are overly optimistic in thinking that title search was almost complete, only to have a long lost brother creep out of the woodwork. Lawyer cannot uh, locate the power of attorney docs and surprise expensive surveys required to get title insurance. None of these are biggies unless you've already paid for an excavator, surveyor, or had a buyer lined up. Who else has made these mistakes? Let us learn from you. I've made it it quite a few times. Sometimes I know it's a risk I'm taking. Like sometimes I'll line up a perk test before we have the title report done just because there's a short timeline and I know we're going to lose the deal if all these things don't line up in time. But yeah, it happens. And obviously it's not something you want to repeat very often. So basically what she's saying is that 
Like she lined up a bunch of work. And then what happened is during the transaction, the title work came back that there was a problem and the seller couldn't actually sell the property because they had other heirs that weren't part of this, you know, negotiation. Mm -hmm. And maybe they don't even know where these other heirs are at or, or any of this type of stuff. So that's not something that gets talked a lot about in this business is that some deals fall through. Some deals fall through because of title, and it's way more than I would like them to fall through, but it just happens. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, with houses, uh, a lot of times there's financing on these homes and things like that. So a lot of these potential title issues get corrected over time. People take those assets more seriously than land sometimes. So some of these properties, they may have been owned for 100 years, and the person that's actually paying for the property taxes and actually physically maintaining this property, they may have 20 cousins that are actually technically potential owners of this property as well. And uh, sometimes you never know this until you actually get the title search done and the experts take a look at it. Right. And a lot of times it's no, there's no um, malicious intent by these sellers. They truly think that they own it. Right. They're taking care of it. Grandma said they could have it. Yeah, exactly. What, you know, but, but you know, it. but the estate rules for that particular state mm -hmm. uh, may say differently. So. Yeah. And I don't get upset when these happen. It, it just happens. It's like a certain percentage of those deals are going to happen. Sometimes it happens to good deals and all that kind of stuff. And sometimes you've spent money doing your due diligence stuff. And we, we, we spend a lot of money on due diligence, mm -hmm. always photographers, sometimes perk tests and things. And then sometimes the deal falls out for, for some other sort of reason. You know, there's enough profit in this business to actually get through some of those things, but we do try to minimize them. Right. And and I, the way I look at it is that I'd rather not lose a deal because we didn't put out, you know, a few hundred dollars than, right. you know, it just is what it is. I call it like extra insurance. Yeah, exactly. You know? Okay. So uh, Kara says, sewer moratorium. We have a lead on an info lot. I was looking on comps for area and noticed the, the realtor write-up said the area is currently under a sewer moratorium. After further digging, it looks like the state DE Department of Public Works put areas under this moratorium when the municipal waste facility cannot handle any additional intake. It sounds like it's temporary, but I have a feeling it's going to take a long time for these to get lifted. Just wondering if anyone else has run into this. That's actually common in our area. And in fact, they have like a wait list. Yes. And it could be years and years long. Yeah, so, yeah. It's a messy subject, Heather. You know, the whole time I was reading it, I had to like, that's why I was <laughs> stumbling. I was I, I, the whole time I was like, don't let Pete make a poop joke. Don't let Pete yeah. make a poop joke. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So, so this is basically mm -hmm. uh, about like, say, say you got a, pr a property, a piece of land, and it's like the sewer line runs right near there. You might just, without doing all your research, you may say, okay, the sewer line's right here. We're going to be good to get the this The neighbors buildable. have it. I just have to hook up to it. Right. Exactly. But this happens a lot. You know, these facilities, these sewage processing facilities need to either be upgraded or added to or whatever before they'll let more capacity in They're the system. Fill for crap. Of, yes. Yeah. So you got to make those extra calls, call the, the sewer company and say, hey, you know, if we build on this property, can I connect to it? Mm -hmm. And uh, they'll tell you what the story is. So don't just assume it. You got to make that extra call. Right. So. Ask if there's a wait list. Ask them how long they think it would take. Because if you can get it cheap enough and you're willing to wait, it might make perfect sense to get added to the list. Yeah. But if they're like, it's a temporary moratorium where we don't have a list and we don't have a, any idea how long it's going to take, that lot can't be built. Yeah. I mean, unless you put a septic system, but in an infill lot. But it might lot, be too small. Exactly. Yeah. It's highly unlikely. Does anyone else have one? Okay. Yeah. So Bryant says, scrubbing your list. Hi, all. Just wondering how people scrub filter their list. I have my first list of over a thousand that I want to send out this week. I know some here have done this lots of times, but here goes my first one. 
and it seems a bit daunting. Do you look for repeats, look for HOAs, government entities? Is there a straightforward method that works the best? Thanks. Yes, yeah. there is. Okay. So first of all, uh, you'll you notice- You can't go into of, this completely. Uh, no, no. <laughs> but first of all, one thing that I do look at is the repeats is a big thing. You, mm-hmm. you might know someone on there that owns 20 properties. So sometimes if they own a bunch, I might keep two or three on the list. But generally, I'll cut only one on the list. And our letter says, hey, have other properties to sell. We're interested in buying those two. So yeah, so I would definitely cut down the repeats. Um, you know, I've definitely removed stuff like city owned or county owned or the electric company or railroad, any of those types of people. You're not they're not going to buy from you. I mean, they're not going to sell to you if you send them a letter. So remove all those obvious ones. And then it's a matter of refining your criteria further. Where but can you find all the information on that? That's all on Land Conquest. Landconquest.com. Go check the it out. The training program. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to abbreviate Mike's question. He wants to know about back property taxes and interest. He wants to know if he can negotiate with the municipalities. And also, if he does negotiate with them, when does he actually have to pay the back taxes? Yeah, I would uh, think that would be very unlikely. I've never heard of a municipality negotiating property taxes. Now, property taxes, they've got you where they want you because like that's like the ultimate lien. Mm-hmm. Like, Fines, they could sell your property also, if you yeah. don't don't pay that stuff. So, and, they'll and that's get their, what they do. Yeah, they'll get their money. So don't, mm-hmm. don't uh, you, you can't really uh, negotiate on those things. Other liens and things like that you do are negotiable mm-hmm. sometimes. It just depends on who the lien holder is. So. And when do you pay them? Uh, when do you pay the property taxes? Like if, let's say he, oh, he goes through with yeah, it. You, yeah, at closing of your purchase. Because so. the title company is not going to let you close on something yeah. that is back we, taxes. We actually just closed on a purchase we were talking about last night. We had to pay $30,000 off of a, a lien. It wasn't property taxes. It was some other sort of lien. We knew that as part of the deal, and mm-hmm. the number still made sense. Yeah, look at it that way. Yeah. And some people might even sell just for you paying that off, so that they're not responsible or yeah, or throw them hanging a little over bit. the head, and you know they mm-hmm. you know they, they get something rather than nothing. So. Well, that was another awesome episode. Yes, yes. Uh, so if you are not following me on social media, go to at Partner with Pete. Obviously, uh, if you're listening to this podcast, please check it out on YouTube as well. We've got some other cool videos and content that we're doing. It's at Turning Profit. And share it with anyone that might be interested in in learning about this. That I would love. Join our community, landconquest.com. And if you haven't checked out our income reports, do a monthly income report. Just spent all weekend doing this last one. Uh, Go to turningprofit.com. Huge uh, amount of information there. We break down each and every deal, how much money we're making in our business, and all kinds of very insightful things. So go check that out, turningprofit.com. There's other things too, like your 51st deals. There's so much stuff there. Just go take a look, get some coffee, and, and yeah. plan to be there for the next Go down the rabbit weeks. hole. Exactly. Yes. Okay, see you next time. All right, thanks. Bye. Ready to start turning profit yourself? Head to turningprofit.com to step up your real estate investing game. See you on the next episode.